Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How you all doing this morning? Good. So, uh, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for all your goodness and kindness and peace and, and that you are our Elohim. You are our God. You are our ever-present help in time of trouble, but you also are the creator of the universe and our creator. And so we thank you for that. We honor you the, this day and this week, and we just thank you. We just thank you for being who you are. And so, Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I love the song, right? The Thanksgiving. Like, that's from Psalms 104, or some, from Psalms 104. And so, I was just thinking about that, too. And so, um, it says this. Um, Psalms 100 says, Shout for joy to the Lord. That Lord's capital L-O-R-D. So, what is that? That's... Yud Hey Vav Hey, so that would be Yahweh, right? Shout, shout, shout for joy to Yahweh. What is, who is Yahweh? He's I am that I am, right? Remember Moses at the burning bush, and he's like, "Well, who do I say that sent, sent me?" And he said, "Say I am sent you. I am that I am." And I love that because that song we were talking about about Thanksgiving, but then it says, "And now, and now, let the weak." Say, I am strong, right? So really, do you know when you say I am, you're really saying God's name? Now think about that. He said, what's my name? I am. So, so when you say, I am sorry, I am no good, I am, really, you know, it might be kind of like taking God's name in vain if you don't realize it. We just think when we say God blank blank or, you know, this, that that's cussing, that you are made in God's image. Right? He created you valuable and, and important and so important that if you were the only one, he would have died for you. So that means that there's no way that you're ever rotten, that you're ever this or you're ever that. You are God's workmanship created in him. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't do rotten stuff sometimes. <laughs> but, like, I mean, come on, we all do, right? So, but it does mean that... Our being and our doing are two separate things, right? Now, when we align what, who we are, and then it comes out into what we're doing, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. So when our mind renewed to who our true identity in him is, then our doing comes around. It's head, heart, hands, always. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God, right? So when we hear who we are and we realize who our true identity is, then it drops into our heart. And when it hits our heart, then we're like, wait, I'm a son of God. So guess this is what I do. You know, I love people because I'm loved. I, I bless people because I'm blessed. Like, I don't do it like I'm a king, right? Get a little swagger. Like, you ever see, like, these TV shows where they got these princesses or or the, these um, people, princesses and princes, and they're kings, and they're like prima donnas, man. And they're like, I won't eat that. 
I won't go there. Why is that? Because they're like, I'm not common. Like we look at them put down like, oh, well, they're better than everyone else. But what they're really saying is, I'm not common. I'm not like everyone else. I have something different about me. And that's the same thing that we are. You know, you guys are kings. The Bible said kings and queens. The Bible calls you a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And what's really cool is there was only, only three people in the, Bible, in the Old Testament who got anointed. The kings, the priests, and the prophets. So that was a real big thing when he's telling them, hey, you're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. Do you know what he's telling them? You're anointed. You've got, you're anointed by God. And so there was a difference and a change in their lives that come, not, not because of what they did, but because of what he done. Right? And so um, I've been studying Moses a lot lately. And you know what I figured out? Moses was perfect, and that's why God called him. <laughs> that's not right? No. Are we not reading like the right, same Bible? Right? So Moses, Moses wasn't perfect, right? Man, he killed a dude, right? Albeit probably for a good cause, but still, he killed the dude, right? Then he runs off, right? And he's in the desert, and he's by himself, and then God comes, and God shows up to him, and he says, Moses, you think that you're here, but you're really here, right? And so, I'm getting ahead of my message here, but listen to this. Shout for joy, to the Lord, all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs, know that the Lord is God. Now in Hebrew, that's know that I am that I am is Elohim. You know what that is? That I am the creator. Like I can't figure it out because like everyone's like, well, you know, the Bible talks about in Genesis that God's created the heavens and the earth, but I'm, it just talks about it in one place. And I'm like, have you even read the Bible? Like he says it over and over and over again, even through the, the whole Torah, right? And then you get into the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the prophets, and God's always reminded them, hey, I'm the one that created you. It's like when you're kids, when they're messing up, you're like, look, I brought you into this world and I can take you out, Amen. right? And, and so you're like, like, hey, I'm your creator, man. I brought you in, I'll take you out, Right? But God's not like that. He's like, man, I, I brought you into this world. I'm your creator. There's no one else. They're not. See, and here, here's the thing. It's like, I'm not anti-science, but God, God's word proves science right. In, in, in Trump's science in, in many ways, right? If you really look at it and not just trust in man's theories, because he said, I am God. I alone. There is no coincidence. You're not an accident. Like there's no way that it could be this designed and this world could be so intricate even to ourselves. And so, and the more deeper you go in, the more complex it gets, right? How, how does that happen? It has to have a designer and his name is, is Elohim. He, he's our God, right? And so it says, it is he who made us. Who made us? He's telling us right here. I'm the one that made you. There, there, there was a big bang, but that big bang was me saying, let there be. Right? Boom. There it was. Like, I'm a Boomer Sooner fan, and we actually won yesterday. So I was like, we go boom. So I like boom. So 
my granddaughter actually got to go to the game with my sister and her her boyfriend, and so she was calling me, she called me up. She's like three, and she calls me up and she 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 goes goes Papa, and I was like Yeah, and she goes Boomer, <laughs> and I go Sooner. She goes Boomer and Sooner. So that's the extent of our conversation. She's three, but she's got it right. Like she, her mind is getting renewed to the gospel. Like she has got. You know, she's got it figured out, right? But it is he who made us. We are his. Like, we're not abandoned. We're not hopeless. We've got a God who is with us, an ever-present help in the time of trouble. When Moses come up to him, he, at first he said, you know what? I, I was. I'm the great I was. No. I was that I was. Or what? No, that wasn't right. He said, I'm going to be, I am going to be. No, I am that I am. Like that song about Thanksgiving, let the weak say, I am strong. You know what that means? That I'm not going to be strong. Uh, When I get this situation figured out, I'm going to be strong. When I get tough enough, I'm going to be strong. When I, when I get to this point, I'm going to be strong. Yeah. No. It's a present tense. He's saying, when you're weak, let the weak say, I am strong. Because our strength doesn't come through our flesh. It comes through Him and who we are in Him. And that strength in Him, actually, the Bible says that it makes us alive. Right? Even our mortal bodies, it makes our mortal bodies alive. So, so everything affects us from the inside out, and that, that makes us who we are. Let the weak say, I am strong, right? Let, you know, let the poor say, I am rich. You're like, well, I, ain't, I got an empty bank account. <laughs> you might, might look like it here, but you have a resource that's beyond you. An unlimited resource that is above and beyond your imagination. Your, your daddy? Like, he's loaded, man. Look at that. He says the cattle on a thousand hills are his. He says, says the gold is his. Everything's his. And you're his son and daughter. In the flesh, we operate out of the flesh, there's lack, right? Because what we're really saying is, and here's one of the things that I, I've really learned is when we operate out of our flesh, what we're doing is we're being God. Now think about that. We're saying when, when we're trying to earn our way to be good enough to God, we're doing the same thing that, that, that they've done through years. Through the scriptures where they're like, if I can do this, I'll do that, and I'll do this, and I'll do that, and look at me, look what i done. So... And God's looking at him like, look, your righteousness is as filthy rags when you compare it to mine. Look at, look at my expanse. Look at my holiness. Look at my gloriousness. And what they're really saying is, Jesus, I didn't need you because I got this. Like, that's really what it's saying. There's no way I don't need him, right? I can, I can tell you right now, there's times I suck. I stink, man. I, I don't got it together, right? Don't believe me? Ask my wife or my kids or anyone that's ever been around me, right? But in Him, 
I can trust that as he is, so am I in this world. I don't have my standing. I have his standing. And that gives me a freedom to live and move and find that right place to be. I was helping a lady. She um, Actually, she's a, a psychologist, which um, she has this big Frisian horse. And, and it's really, it was really skittish. And if you've ever seen a Frisian, it's like a big old black draft type. You know, kind of, they were war horses, but they're really, they, I don't know how you ride them into war. Everyone I've been around is like, like you know, get too harsh. They must have done it out of fear or something. I don't know. They have been better hands than the ones I've been around, right? And so this horse was just scared. And so when I went into the round, round pen with it, I mean, that sucker was breathing fire. And I was like, I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to run over me or not. And he'd gotten spoiled a little, and the lady had spooked him trying to do some stuff to him. So he was really defensive, and he'd march around there, and he'd paw, and he'd look up. And this horse is big. Like, I'm looking up to him, right? And so as I watched this horse, I, I got him moving around, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm, not, I'm not here to hurt you, but you ain't talking to me that way. <laughs> and so I moved him around. I was like, you want to be afraid? I'll let you be afraid. And I pushed him around, and then he come back around and finally melted. And after, you know, two or three, three times, he finally just softened. And so actually the lady was actually able to come up and pet on him and love on him and he was connecting with her and stuff like that. And so, But I'll pick the rope up and I'll, I'll try to move the horse's feet where I want the horse's feet to go. I'll always see that foot going where I want it to go, but it doesn't always go where I want it to go. And so what I don't do is say, you sorry sucker. Why aren't you putting your feet where I want your feet to go? Do you know what I do? Like, Nice try. As long as you're moving, as long as you're trying, I'm good. And you know, pretty soon, he'll, he'll hit that spot, and then I'll release the pressure. And you know what happens is that horse learns to be in the right spot, not because I'm making it the right spot, because he's choosing and learning to be in that right spot. Right? At no point in time did that horse ever not become connected to me when he messed, it, messed up. Even when he was fighting me, at no point in time did I say, you know what, I'm done with this. Although there was a point in time when he looked at me, I thought I might want to get out. <laughs> right? But that's how God is with us. He's like, I want you to move. I want you to not worry about messing up and making mistakes. I want you to live in me. Because I'm going to give you a clue. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. But if you focus on the things that you're, that the messing up, you're going to get more of the messing up. That's why religion doesn't work. Don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do. Some of these psychologist guys were, um, uh, were talking about how they, they try to, I don't know, it's like they hypnotize them or whatever. It's, I don't know how they do it, but they're like they were trying to to get these people to not smoke. So they'll go in and they'd tell them, I will not smoke. And you know what they found out? It got worse. Do you know why it got worse? Because they said that our subconscious doesn't understand the word not. It's totally positive. And I think what they're talking about is our spirit like, and who we are in God. So, so they said, said if you say, like, like, instead of saying, I will not smoke, they, 
they should have said something different. Maybe like, I will smoke, or I don't know. <laughs> but really, that's what they were saying, right? Because there's not that word not in the middle of it, right? And so, even science is proving God right. Right? So, instead, maybe they should have said, I am free. Right? Maybe, or they should have just come to Jesus. Right? So I love that. So how did I even get off there? I only got an hour left. I got a, I think God really wants to connect with us. Not just, not just in a do, do, do thing, but as a, on a personal relationship. And I don't want to miss out on that. Like, I don't want to get lost in all of the rigmarole. I want to, I want to follow him as in him, one with him, moving with him. And um, horses have really helped me um, understand that more than anything, right? So it says this, It is he who made us, and we are his we are his people and sheep of his pasture. Then it says this, enter his gates with complaining. Thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. What's his name? I am. Right? It's pretty, pretty powerful. Now, here's one thing about, like, I, I like to think about is we get excited about stuff. Like, someone told me, like, oh, you're going to get to go watch the Oklahoma Sooners, you know, at a bowl game. Or someone said that. Like, I'd be, like, excited. I get to go do this, right? And I have an excitement about it. And this is something that's going to happen, so I'm excited that it's going to happen. And then, like, sometimes you can be excited after something's happened, too. But, but like, it's also not just an excitement that this is going to happen, but we get this relief after it's done that, oh, wow, whew, that happened. You ever face something, you're excited, hey, I'm, I'm almost there, I almost got through this. And then when it's done, you're like, whew, that's over. Now I can breathe a minute. Now I got some relief. And now it's done. It's finished. Right? Maybe it's a bill. Maybe it's, you know, you're, you're getting ready to go to a... Maybe you're getting ready to hear a doctor's report. And you're, you're like, worry. maybe it's not excitement. Maybe it's worry. But then you get to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, no, you're okay. Like, you're a little crazy, but you're okay. Right? I'm just speaking from experience. Right? But we... We go from dread and we go from excitement and we go from when we're being thankful, what we're really doing is we're going, it's really like a relief saying, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's done. It's finished. You've, you've already done all the work for you, right? That means there's nothing more for you to do. It's done. That's what God's saying. He's like, 
enter his gates with thanksgiving. When you're entering his gates with thanksgiving, what you're doing is you're breathing a relief and saying, whew, Father, thank you. Thank you that you met this need. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you that there's, like, I don't have to worry about eternity. I don't have to worry about all this other stuff because you, you died for me. Like, and not only did you die for me, now I can come face to face with you in your presence. And, and there's no separation between us. And I have a relationship with you. And now I can breathe. I can just like sit here and say thank you and just breathe and say it's finished. He says in him we live. In him we move and have our being. In who? In him. I say I got your breath. That word yudhevave when it said that we get Yahweh from like the living expression, like the very breath of God. That's what he's saying. I'm your very breath. Pretty powerful when you think about it. And so now when we go Thanksgiving, it's like, like and this teaches us how to pray too. And so, and so um, as we pray, guess what we do? Come, Father. Oh, whew, thank you. I thank you that your word says that you'll take care of this. So now that your word says, thank you. Now I'm weak, but now I know. I feel weak, but I know I'm strong. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your provision. And do you know what we're doing? We're not driving towards something. We're living in something. Does that make sense? It's finished. Now watching, I've been really studying how Jesus prayed. Remember when he went to the tomb of Lazarus and everybody was like, like making fun of him and all this stuff. And so he sat down and cried and he's like, Father, please heal them. Please raise him from the dead because you're going to make me look really bad, you know. I walked all this way and I could have been here earlier and they're already mad because I'm not earlier. Father, please, I'll fast 10 days. I'll do this. I'll do that. No. What did he do? He did cry. But I'm not sure he was crying over Lazarus. What if he was crying? Because they didn't really see him. Because the Bible says in him all things were created. Lazarus was dead. But he's not just, he's just not God Jr. Right? He never was God Jr. And he's like, oh, you might have some of my divine capacity in you. And you might be able to do this and do that. No. The Bible says that in him all things were created and in him all things hold together. He became flesh and walked among them. And here he, he wasn't resurrect, just doing a resurrection. He was and is resurrection. That wasn't hard for him. And I think really, in my opinion, the reason that Jesus was crying, because maybe it's like hurt his feelings a little bit. Maybe he's just like, whoa, wait a second. They don't understand who I am. They don't see who I really am. I just want them to see me. I just want them to know me. Anybody ever feel like that? 
Like people look at what you do or they look at the situation you're going through. They look at this or they look at that and they think one thing about you, but they don't really know who you are. We can live with people for years and never really recognize who they really are and the greatness that's in them. That's all Jesus wanted. That's all he wants now. Because how many of us right now don't really see him and don't really recognize who he is? Like we see him on the cross. I think that's great. I'm glad you, you, you're on the cross and I see the picture of this guy on the cross. And then I know that he rose again because we celebrated every Easter, every resurrection day, but then he flew off like Superman to heaven. And then one day he's going to come back and then we're going to get to see him again. That's so not how he meant. After he rose again, guess what? He brought us into him. Not just waiting for him to come back. Not just hoping that we knew a God in the past, but a God that is with us and in us and for us and moving through us right now. He doesn't say, say, I'm going to be a help in the future. Or I was a help in the past. And it's true, he has been. And it's true, he will be. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever. Guess what that means? We just think it means when he was on earth, but that means before the earth was formed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why he said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Right? So that's why they were really scared when Jesus showed up and said, you sorry suckers. No, he didn't. So, so here is Jesus, and he's standing before the tomb, and they're like not even realizing who he is, and he's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. You need resurrection in your life? It's in Jesus. If you need life in your life, it's in Jesus. He's the one that holds everything together, and he can hold you together and hold everything around you together if we'll just let go and let him. So he stood up and he said, thank you, Father, that you always hear me. And what he's saying, I thank you, Father, because this is done. That's how Jesus prayed. That's how Jesus rose the dead. Like, yeah, it's like a template. Like, here, here's how you pray. You know, God always hears you. And that's what he's saying. The Father always hears you. And then he told him, he, he's like when he was giving him the, the Lord's Prayer before that, he says, what you do in the closet, in private, will be revealed to all men. Same thing as in, 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 the, in the Scriptures, Old Testament, it says, says the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things revealed belong to the children. What's he saying? It goes back to the same principle. What we do in here is revealed out here. That's what Jesus is saying. Are we going to be thankful? You can't make yourself be thankful. What we can do is we can say, Father, thank you. Man, I just, like, you know it's hard to be mad when you're thankful? Like, you get mad at someone, and it's like, like, like maybe you're mad at your husband or wife. And so, I was like, why are you mad at me? You picked them. Right? It's like, 
thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for them. And just start thanking God for those people. Maybe someone, you know, cutting you off on the road. So instead of, uh, of yelling and screaming and honking, maybe, we, maybe they're, they're, they're slowing you down from something down the road that might cause you problems. Linda was in Montana and she was flying back and they'd missed their flight. Everything just kind of went wrong flying out of Missoula coming back. And Missoula's like a little airport, you know. So she gets to the counter and no one's there. So, well, by the time they come out, well, you missed your flight. You know what Linda did? She didn't yell and scream at him. She said, okay, when's the next flight? Can you get me on the next flight? And you know what they did? They booked her on the, on the next flight the next day, and she's, she's like, you know what? You never know. Her and, her and the people she was with, they were like, you never know why God would not want you on that flight. Maybe, maybe it's a blessing. And so you get to choose to be thankful. And then she ended up getting a better time, and everything worked out way better for her in the, in the process. Why? Because God's in charge, and God's in control, and we can... When we come with that thanksgiving and we thank, you can't be mad at people that you're thankful for. Right? So that's one of the things I'm trying to work on. Because <laughs> I'm a little spunky sometimes. It's like, I can't believe that happened. I can't, maybe it's a situation you don't like. What if instead of being mad about that situation, we start thanking God for that and let it go? Or thank God that he has the answer and has already made it happen. I get where I start trying to figure things out on my own. Am I the only one that ever does that? And I'll scramble here and I'll scramble there and I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll try. And then when I get tired enough, God looks at me and is like, are you done? I was like, not quite. Give me one more thing. Because <laughs> I'm stubborn, right? None of you guys are, thank God, right? But I want to learn to be thankful. There's a power. To me, I think Thanksgiving, it might be the most powerful weapon, the most powerful tool that we could have. Might be the most powerful thing in the universe. Because we're just acknowledging it's done. You know, they, we talk about the pilgrims. Like we used to, when I was in school, we had to make turkeys out of paper. Like, am I the only one who ever had to do that? And then we'd make these little black hats and then stand up. And so it's just like, and they were fun to wear. They were fun to make and stuff. But then all these people coming together, and it was about unity, and it was about celebrating that they had been through something. All of them had. Right? The Native Americans, like there was many of them that were wiped out with diseases that were brought over by, the, by the, the colonists. And then the colonists, there was many of those that died. And they were just trying to, trying to create a new life. And there was so much adversity and so much going on. And then here it comes. They, they get through it. Now they have all this bounty and they have, have the blessings. And they're able to like, man, we can just breathe. So they go, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have Thanksgiving. And so they sat down. They sat down at that table. You know, in Hebrew, the word for table is shulhan. And you know what that means? Shul is a place. Han is grace. When you sat down at your table, you're sitting down 
at a place of grace. When you see in the Old Testament where David went and got Mephibosheth, and he says, you can come eat at the king's table. You can sit at my table. Do you know what, that, what he's saying? That's a place of grace. That's a place where you're accepted. That's a place where you find all your, all your provision, all your healing, all your hope, everything you need from the inside out. There's nothing out there going to save you. Listen, God, like, like I think so much of the time we think we're the center of the universe. We're in outer space, guys. Earth is a planet in outer space. Now think about that. We think, well, there's Earth solid and then space is all, you know, all out there. We're in outer space, right? Now get a perspective. I think I'm the center of the universe. Sometimes we think we are too. But God's so much bigger than us and so much bigger than our situation. And that God that created all that lives in you. He's like, if you just trust me, I want to do something great. Will you just trust me? Will you just surrender that to me? Will you just, and how, how I surrender, I'm learning to surrender, so I just got to laugh sometimes and say, Father, I thank you. I thank you that that you're my, you're my healer, that you're my provider, that you're, you're my heart, you're my everything. And it opens me up now to where I see victory. And I'm not trying to fight for victory, I'm fighting from victory. And I'm breathing. So like the, like the first, see the first Thanksgiving they talk about? Probably not the first. We like to think it's the first, right? They were able to breathe. Whew, thank you. We've been through some stuff, man. And you know what thanks leads to? Praise. I thank you. Praise you, Father. I'm so thankful you did that. Now I can praise you because who you are. And it changes our heart more than anything else we can do. Amen? Amen? So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're for us. And so, I just ask that this Thanksgiving be the best Thanksgiving ever and that, that um, everybody sees so much of you and just gets to breathe and have some relief. And we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.com dot o r g